Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Nice to Do This All Day. I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. Mark DeRezza, general. Hello there. Today we're taking a very, very deep look at a movie that I didn't even know existed until somebody on the other screen said, hey, we should review this. Um, it's a movie that I thought was about boxing when he told me the name, but it turns out it is a epic spy thriller that has all kinds of excellent, um, let's just call them homages through the movie. Uh, and that movie is Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone, another movie uh, that is a Netflix produced, a Netflix exclusive movie uh, with Gal Gadot. Uh, I've been mispronouncing the name somewhat as Gadot, but it is Gadot, not Gadot or Gadot or Gadot. But if our we Wonder just Woman, call her right? Gal, is that sexist or is it okay because that's her name? I would say that's her name. There's no problem. But I don't think anyone ever calls her Gal. I think everyone calls her by the full name. It's just like Karen Allen. Everyone said Karen Allen, not just Karen. Or Harrison Ford. No one calls him. She's not a bitch. No, no one just calls Harrison Ford Harrison. They're just like Harrison Ford is in this movie. So let's just I don't know. But um, so you didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't know anything about this movie, but I was pleasantly surprised when Netflix threw up one of those trailers and I saw Wonder Woman in what seemed to be like some type of action thriller movie. So I was like, okay, I'm a fan of hers. I'll check it out. And it actually looked pretty sweet. It had that little clip of her sliding down the mountain and I was like, okay, well, it looks like she's putting on her shit-kicking boots and she's up for another adventure, so let's check it out. Was so, was that uh, her sliding down the mountain in her light-up parachute? Yes. Okay, yes. we'll get to that. Yeah, Which is, it looks pretty sweet, right? The super uh, so, fluorescent, completely inconspicuous parachute. Did you uh, have any expectations going into the movie? I, no, I, I expected it to be a bad Netflix movie. I was like, oh, gal, what's why when you say bad netflix movie though is that something where every netflix movie you think is bad no but i think that the direct to netflix films like the dc universe there's a lot more uh than good sure i think i can agree with that just that just because it's a numbers game right because they they crank out a lot of content um, but I will say there are some good movies that are that are on there. I mean, you got Glass Onion, which was a Netflix exclusive, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Chris Hemsworth's Extraction, which was really sweet. Uh, Extraction 2, which I didn't necessarily enjoy as much as the first Extraction. Uh, that was really big. And you got the Gray Man with Gosling and, and our very own Chris Evans' Captain America was in it. So... They have some decent movies, so they have the ability to create some some blockbuster type movies with some star power. So I I, I thought it was going to be OK. I didn't think it was going to be like, you know, oh, my God, this I, I don't know why this isn't in theaters, but it was solid in terms so, of what looks like the production. I agree with you that they've they've done some good movies, but they've also done like The Irishman, which wasn't a bad movie, but it was the Snyder cut of of scorsese movies like it seems like netflix gives a lot of freedom 
to people, right? In order to get them to come and do the thing. They give them the money and they give them the freedom. And in my opinion, a lot of the Netflix movies that I've seen could lose a hot 20 and be way tighter and better, right? You know, there's just a lot of driving places in a lot of Netflix movies like this one. Um, (laughs) A lot of driving. Um, But I, I also think that, you know, better for the doubt, of course, like I watched it. I was excited about the I, I honestly went into it pretty cold. I knew that the gal was in it. And that was that was where I stopped. I was like, let's go. What was the last Gal Gadot movie that you saw? Death on the Nile was the last one I saw. So I have the last uh, movies that I've seen with her. I have either turned off or fallen asleep and never got back to. Oh, uh, which not ones? In, not including uh fast X because she was that's a cameo she wasn't really in that so she wasn't like a a star in it but um the Nile one I I just couldn't get into it was just a little too slow moving for me and and the wife was just like yeah I'm kind of bored with it and and I I knew there was potential for that movie but you know if, if especially when that's like the date time and connection time it's either like watch something good where you're hooked in right away or you know what there's a whole bunch of other content on there so like instead of waiting for an hour in a movie just stop it when you get bored and then just put on something else so that's kind of our approach to stuff because we have wasted so many hours we're just like let's just give it a chance let's get to halfway like well we're at halfway we might as well finish it and so we just decided to to opt out of that agatha christie movie um and then Red Notice, it had Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson and her, and I fell asleep during it. And I'm not saying that the movie itself was boring. Maybe I just had a few dozen too many chicken wings that night, and I was just, like, really sleepy. So uh, that was another one that I was just, I tuned out. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The, uh, the other one was, I did actually fall asleep just a slight bit during... Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that that's I, think that's I don't allowed. know. Yeah, I it's a 12-hour movie, so I get it. So that's I don't blame her for that. I blame so much, so much slow motion and really unnecessary. You said Netflix can cut 20 minutes and be fine. Well, I think Zack Snyder could have cut two hours and been just perfect. I think if I'm Zack Snyder, I'm I am literally making Warner Brothers process and deliver as much movie as possible, taking up as much server space as possible, spending the maximum dollars on slow motion special effects. That movie is a big F you to Warner Brothers. And like, you know, the fans, it was better than the original. You know, that's that's it's definitely better, longer, but better. But yeah. He he pulled the taffy on that, but if I'm him, I'm not mad at him. I'm just like, I think of it in that context. Like, oh, we fired you and finished your project, but now everybody wishes you did. So how about you just come back? It's okay. You come back. <laughs> oh, you want me to come back? Well, bust out that checkbook, mother trucker. For the different movies, you know, like I, I'm, I'm good with a good slow motion action sequence, but uh, yeah, Zack Snyder the master at it, the master of just inflation. And uh, you say pulling taffy while I say, God help me. So 
the i am interested though uh are you do you have any thoughts on his new star wars uh former star wars movie rebel moon that'll be coming out on netflix there's a star wars movie coming out on netflix yeah it's it was supposed to be his movie but since uh they opted out of that and he's not doing the movie he just basically switched it up and so it's like a star wars premise just not star wars eh i don't know I'll have to see how terrible it is, I guess. Maybe we can review it and just see how many great slow-mos there are. Since there's no Star Wars movies coming out anytime soon, maybe we'll just review that. We might have to do like a two-parter episode. The first ever in the I Can Do This All Day podcast existence is we have to do a two-part episode because of Zack fucking Snyder. So let's go back to the movie we're supposed to be talking about, Heart of Stone. Uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, we talked about the last movies that she's been in that we've seen. So she is the lead in this movie. I've got a question for you. In your opinion, is she a bona fide star? She's fucking Wonder Woman. Of course she is. Just because of Wonder Woman? I think, you know, you start with your best pitch and that's, you know, that's it. I, I think that she... She definitely has the the star power and the uh, yeah, I I mean Wonder Woman is is definitely some of her best work, but she's done some good stuff before in ensembles. But you ask me about is she a star? Uh, she fucking was in that movie and and owned that entire film and that franchise. You can replace what? Henry Cavill, you can replace Ben Affleck, but if you replace Gal Gadot, like. Who else is Wonder Woman? I mean, someone's going to be Wonder Woman. So, like, bona, so bona fide star, I guess my my thing is, like, I agree. She's my Wonder Woman. I don't think uh, it, it's a shame that she might not play that role again. But bona fide stars, like, the, the thing that I'm kind of hesitant on. So she's been part of ensemble movies. So that uh, Death on the Nile movie... She was one of the leads on that, and that movie didn't necessarily do very well. And I don't know if, you know, just to be fair, as much as I love her as Wonder Woman, and, you know, she's an awesome, you know, like, multi-talented person in in general. And she seems to be very... She seems to be very down to earth, uh, with the exception of that whole thing during COVID with the whole Beatles song singing. And you know what? I don't care about that. Like everyone else had a big stink about that, but I didn't have a really big. I I may have even liked the video just because like, oh, cool. Let's go get out, you know, whatever. Just like a video on Instagram. So I don't know. Uh, But I, I don't know if there's anything else besides Wonder Woman where I can say that she's a star. She could be just considered a star because of Wonder Woman, but that's four movies. You got BVS, Justice League, and the two Wonder Woman movies. That's it. Well, I mean, she was in uh, Date Night with Steve Carell. Yeah, not a star. I mean, that's not that was very early on. She wasn't at that point. She wasn't even a star. She wasn't even in Fast and the Furious at that point. She may have been that might might have been right around the same time, but it wasn't until fast five is when she really was a star she was in you know uh fast and furious but not you know she it's not like everyone was like who's that person it wasn't until fast five where it's like oh yeah she also then did keeping up with the joneses she was uh 
uh, uh, yeah, she did. She got a few movies, but I mean, she Not a star. also like had a couple of kids during this spent family time. Like I I'm not mad at her that she's, you know, constantly in these giant dollar movies. What giant dollar movies? Which ones? You just said keeping up with the Joneses. Nope. Fucking wonder That's woman. Not... Wonder woman's like the one thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And fast and furious. And that was it. All of those are giant dollar movies. Yeah, I'm I'm saying though that that's that's it. She's part of an ensemble in Fast and Furious, and then you've got her as Wonder Woman. I mean, that's the only one that she's young, really elite dude. in. She's still pretty young. I'm just saying though, that's that's the only time that she's ever been a lead. So that's why I'm like questioning, like, is she a legitimate star? I mean, you've got people like and I'll I'll I'm not a big Jennifer Aniston fan. Everyone thinks that she's a huge star. She came from TV and she's been in a few Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, what has Jennifer Aniston been in? A lot more than Gal Gadot for sure. So that's my, that's my point is like, I I don't know if I like her. I just don't know if she's a star and I don't know if she's that great of a, of an actor either. She has charisma. Uh, She's very method in her. She has her own personality. So very similar to like, Eastwood or Vin Diesel, where they have their their own like personality. Um, you know, Angelina Jolie has acting chops. I wouldn't say that Gal Gadot has acting chops. So it's it's like very. Uh, I mean, are you just gonna ride as a Hollywood studio? Do you just ride the wave of Wonder Woman and just be like, all right, let's just see how much audience we can get with Wonder Woman and just keep casting her as that. I mean, dude, she's had a new movie every year since 2015. She's been in a pretty large franchise film every year. Not as a star. I, mean, I think you're missing my point. You're missing my point that she's not. I, I don't think she's a star. She's She happens to be a in a comic book movie. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm thinking like, you know, like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, if they do well in a comic book movie, they should be put in everything else, which I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought. Cause I, Red I Notice think... didn't do that well. Um, you know, she's had cameos and everything. Death on the Nile didn't very, didn't really do well. Uh, and, and that's pretty much it. They she keep didn't really make those, those Kenneth Brogdon Poirot movies though. And I think they will. Um, I think that in general, um, you're going to see her more and more, I think, right? Like she's, she's in her early thirties still. She's just, she's got a bunch of credit and now she's got some sway, right? And she's kind of, she was doing a lot of, a lot of stuff with Patty Jenkins and, and fighting the DC fights and all that stuff. And then we had COVID. I, I definitely think that that you'll see her in a lot more starring roles. And I think this movie um, shows her in that light, I think. I don't I don't disagree in the sense that she will get more roles. I just I wonder when that star will kind of fade because of. This obviously, like if we go to like the the ratings and the the critic scores on this, not great. 
Um, and she's she's not that young. She's she's at 38. And not to say that 38 is old. I'm obviously 40. But uh, in Hollywood years, 38 is not a spring chicken, you know. So like Scarlett Johansson will also be around that same age, too. So it's like time is a ticking for certain individuals. Scarlett Johansson can act. Gal Gadot, not necessarily of the same caliber of acting. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I Obviously, they're trying to build a universe with this. They leave it very open. And um, we'll get into the movie a little bit more and kind of see if we think that that'll actually happen. So uh, going forward on this, you have a lot of different things in her performance throughout this movie. Um, you've got action. You've got some comedic aspects. She plays like the the quirky nerd kind of tech geek, but then also the strong female ass kicker. Uh, what were some of your likes, dislikes, any any WTF moments where you're just like, huh? The beginning was kind some. of a WTF moment for me. Um, I thought they were doing, they did the Bond cold open for sure. I'm like, oh, they're doing a Bond opening. Awesome. Or True Lies. True Lies did a Bond opening. Um, but either way, uh, they're doing the Bond opening. And I'm like, okay, so they got other people in the truck. So she's in the, she's in there, right? And I'm just like, why is she the why she's playing like the Simon Pegg character from Mission Impossible? She's Tom Arnold in True Lies. I'm like, why is Gal Gadot Tom Arnold? That doesn't that does the math there. Not so much. And then they flip it, which I thought was really cool, right? Like the opening, though it was very formulaic, the little surprise in there that oh wait, I'm actually a super double agent person. Yeah. Um, and they build that gravitas into it, and I thought it was very cool. Um, the action scenes, though, I did kind of give some shit about the uh, the the uh, fluorescent parachute, which I think was like that doesn't make sense. Is that a thing? It must be a thing. I'm not a big uh, paragliding rich person, uh, so I don't know about the your uh, your what power sources and lighting options there are in the parachute game but that was my first exposure to it and it did not seem very stealth and if i'm in that big gondola with all windows on the side i'm be like oh look somebody in a white parachute that's fucking weird um so again lack some stealth there from a believability perspective but overall the action scenes in this part i thought were pretty pretty okay do you have beef with the action no no i I was thinking more just like her performance is is the the character overall like did you uh, i liked it i liked her performance in this like she plays a likable role Mm -hmm. and she plays like that that strong female character and and there even though she is pretty leaf and you know like not like the typical action star of like 6'5", 250. Uh, I thought it was still believable the way that they shot the action for her, uh, that she could be like an ass kicker spy. So I was down for it. Uh, I I did. Isn't she like a trained soldier? Yeah, she was in the Israeli army. I I believe that's, uh, I want to say it's, it's mandatory to be in the Israeli army. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure if, uh, if that is the case, but I know she was in there for a couple of years and she was a combat instructor. 
Yeah. So um, I don't know how much of that movie that she actually did some of the choreography and fighting, though, because there were some very quick shots and they hid that pretty well as to who was who was doing it. So if it was her, that's awesome. If not, I hey, it's Hollywood. I freaking get it. But uh, yeah, it's it, it was believable for me. Uh, I think the only. The only WTF moment for me was not even not even a bad thing. It was just like, how many things is she really good at? Like, that's that was the the tough part for me. I was like, OK, I get it. You know, I thought we were kind of away from that, from uh, the movies of today to where it's like, oh, it's not just one person that knows how to do everything. But uh, part of it is because she has the whole charter system in her ear so um yeah i mean I, I, tom I cruise can do everything right but i that was n- not everything that's why he has like luther and, and benji doing some of the stuff so he can do some stuff but he's not like the expert at everything she seems to be like an expert at everything computers mm. hand-to-hand <laughs> driving you know it's like she was the wheel man she was the uh, she was everything in that movie so that was the only thing that i was like uh, I mean, I want her to kick ass, but there's a certain degree where it just becomes like, okay, why don't you just make her Wonder Woman? You know, like, why did they just have this as a Wonder Woman movie? Because Wonder Woman doesn't use guns, bro. Or cell phones. She just has an invisible jet. I don't know how she'll ever find it again. Um, but no, I, I think that, I think it was, I, I liked it. I liked that they kind of followed that trope. Now they did get, in my opinion, from a plot perspective, pretty deep into many tropes. Um, I'm sure that we'll we'll touch on that. But overall, I liked a lot of the action scenes in it, and I didn't feel the same way as you where, you know, well, that, that's somebody else. Like, it, I thought it was believable enough. The one thing, as I was looking at, uh, just looking up some of the uh, Israeli army information, I found her height, and I was, I did not know she wasn't over six feet tall. She seems tall as heck in every movie she's in deceptively tall is what she is or short deceptively short one or the other she's the same height as me i thought she'd be a giant yeah those hollywood angles it's uh it always does something for you the uh so speaking of men we've got uh i want to talk about the supporting cast a little bit so um the second builds co-star in this jamie dornan uh have you ever just caught yourself drooling while watching Fifty Shades of Grey. I know you're probably a big fan of that, or at least your yeah, wife no, is. I have never read nor watched any Fifty Shades of Grey. So for all those people out there, they're like, I've never seen Thor World. Um, I've never seen Shades of Grey. And I would guess that those people that are like, I've never seen Thor World, uh, have read the Fifty Shades of Grey books. I think that's I... a... Yeah. A lot of people haven't seen you because you are definitely fuzzy, but... The Jamie Dornan and the Fifty Shades of Grey thing. My wife was a big fan of that. I think uh, I won't say she dragged me to one of the movies, but she did. And I thought it was just goddamn ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The movie. I can't remember which one it was. I didn't see all of them, but whatever one that she took me to was just goddamn ridiculous. And uh, like very much like how you were <laughs> completely against watching Twilight. And I'm sure you thought it was like stupid after the fact. 
I would guarantee you, if you mm-hmm. saw any of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, you'd be like, Twilight's not that bad. That's not that bad. I, uh, I don't plan on, um, much like you've sullied my perfect record with never seeing a Twilight movie, um, you're not talking me into Fifty Shades of Grey. That's what I'm just not watching with you, buddy. I'm not watching that movie at all because it's just awful. So uh, for our female listenership and viewers, if you are a Fifty Shades of Grey fan and or a Jamie Dornan fan, can you just tell me why? Just why? Yeah. Because he wasn't you even talk that... about You want to talk about actors that aren't a star or can't carry a movie? Let's talk about this fucker right here. Ah, uh, well, I don't know about that. I wouldn't say... I wouldn't go so far as to say that. He can act. He can act and he has... Uh, at least he has some versatility in terms of his acting. You know, he can get rid of his accents. He could play an American accent. Uh, just do his normal uh, Northern Irish accent as well. But he's been in some movies. And... uh yeah, he. I will say though, he definitely did work out and and put on some muscle for this. Because if I remember right, I don't think he was that buff in Fifty Shades. Uh, so good for him for actually picking up a weight, and uh, he looked pretty, pretty intimidating and and fairly ripped in this movie. So good for him. Of, of course, uh, you can't forget about Matthias Schweighofer. Uh, for anyone who has watched uh, Army of the Dead or uh, Den of Thieves, he is uh, a fan favorite in those films. So pretty awesome. Uh, he was Jack of Hearts. Uh, you also have Aaliyah Bot as Kia, who's the villain, but not really a villain. And you kind of know that she's not really a villain, but she's teamed up with Jamie Dornan, who's a villain. So some interesting things, but... Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on on any of those characters at all? Um, again, like Jamie, I feel like it was, I don't know. It, it it was he was very '80s villain to me, like not great actor villain, but just like ah, I'm gonna get you. Um, the Jack of Hearts, I was whatever. Um, oh, you didn't like other, him. None of the other characters really popped for me. I, I thought that that. Um, Kia was just a like okay so you're mad about this you're mad about you know the the government fucking with your family and 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 all that but so let's just burn the world but you don't think about all the people it impacts and oops I'm sorry like did not seem like a very driven villain seemed like just kind of a puppet and I'm not like I like my villains to like do bad things and then twist the mustache. <laughs> I mean, we all knew that she wasn't going to be like the end villain. She would have, you know, turned good or at least, you know, given some second thoughts or, or let some people go and shit. I, I think that was pretty transparent, but is it cause uh, she waved at gal at the beginning? Like, hi, I'm the person you're looking, not really a villain thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna do that, you're gonna do it with some villain panache, yeah, and uh, some intimidation. Yeah. While you do it, <laughs> there was a cat in this movie. Missed opportunity. The uh, a couple of faces that popped up that I I thought was very interesting. So you've got Glenn Close and B D Wong, 
uh, as a couple of the kings. I didn't know the other two kings, so I don't even care if we talk about them. But B.D. Wong, I don't know. I just like that guy. Uh, I've always liked him in every role that he's in, from the Jurassic Park series to mm-hmm. Father of the Bride to uh, some of the TV shows that he's been in. But gosh, just a, a likable guy, but he can't fucking stay alive in any movie. It's a huge wasted opportunity to bring B.D. Wong in and not make him the the bad guy who's controlling everything. Like in my head, I'm just like, oh, B.D. Wong has to be the one killing everybody. But this is behind this. This goes back to my whole thing from uh, I've talked about this maybe, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes ago is that you can't have a non-white bad guy anymore. It seems like there's something in everyone's head from writing or directing or studios that like, oh, we better make a, the bad guy a white guy. I really think that's what it is. Like they wouldn't have had it as B.D. Wong because I think they're in their head. They're thinking like, well, yeah, we don't want people coming after us because we just cast uh, minorities as the bad guys. What was the last movie we watched with a, a, a person of color as the bad guy? I mean, if you talk like Wakanda forever, but I mean, that not not a bad guy. He's just fighting for his people. Yeah. So I, I can't remember the last one where the, a legitimate bad guy where they weren't, you know, you don't see their point of view and you actually kind of feel for him. Wow. Right. I mean, that's just that's that's I, I, I haven't vetted this statement, but it's definitely <laughs> perceptions. Reality, man. This I'm not is my arguing reality. with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm just like that is that is I mean besides again, aliens, I, right? <laughs> I think the Jurassic Park movies were the last time you had uh, <laughs> a, a, a villain because it was BD Wong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, you talked about BD Wong, and I, I agree. I like him. I wish he had a bigger part in this. I thought it was a huge waste of how they used him. Um, like no speaking, very few speaking lines. Just like come on. That but the guy. ones that he the ones that he did do were excellent. Like his line before he gets exploded to death in a million mm-hmm. pieces was yeah. awesome and expertly delivered. Yeah. Um, speaking of expertly delivered, talk to me about Glenn Close's amazing shoulder pads in the uh, in the blazer she had. Like, yeah, she took them from Guardians of the Galaxy. Glenn Close could have been the middle linebacker for like any NFL team with those shoulder pads. And not felt a thing. She, uh, she's an interesting one. You know, she was a big, big actress in the eighties, and um, a little bit in the nineties. Still well respected, and and got a lot of roles in the nineties, I'd say. But I mean, she's been around forever, right? But yeah. she's that person that just, you know, isn't she kind of like Meryl Streep light? You know, it's like, oh, we can't get Meryl Streep. She's an excellent actor, but. Can we get Glenn Close? I feel like that. uh, You make that joke. I really feel like that was a thing for a while there. Um, I think that's true, though, right? Is it like kind of like the rival of like blonde and blonde actress and actress big at the time? And everything was always everyone just respected Meryl Streep so much more. But there were a few. I, I can't remember them off the top of my head. There were a few Glenn Close roles that she did pretty solid in but i mean I, she was just... uh she was cruella 
uh, the better Cruella, I would say, compared to Emma Watson. In the <sighs> how the, dare you? Uh, no, no, those movies were great. Um, more recently, you know, she was in the uh, she was definitely in the Guardians movies, but she's done a lot of a lot of B movies, a lot of B, not a lot of A, yes. a lot of B. She was in the Warcraft movie. Oh, um, she was. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what she did there. She was in Stepford Wives, but that was back in 2004. Like her more recent movies are things that I haven't heard of. Not that I watch every movie that's out there. Like I think our listeners understand our niche and the films we we appreciate, but so yeah. we're not going to go back and watch like Fatal Attraction is what you're saying. Uh, or In and Out. Um I would watch Air Force 1. Uh, uh, but I mean I will say Fatal Attraction does have two Marvel characters or Marvel uh, actors who played Marvel true, characters true. in it. So and, maybe and we should watch it. We did, we did recently review, and whether it comes up before or after this, uh, we did recently review a Glenn Close film. What, what movie was that? Mars Attacks, baby. Oh, God. I don't even remember her being in it. So She was the first lady. Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely don't remember her in it. Okay. She was also in Hook as a male pirate. Yep, I do remember that. Um, love the fact that she did that. Um, but yeah, like fatal attraction. Either way, she gets blown up in this movie. So who the fuck cares? Yeah, (laughs) not, not much. Well, she doesn't get blown up. She gets elevator drop. She gets tower of terror in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's how she goes. Who got it worse? She doesn't get popped back up. No pop back up. Who got it worse? The people that were by the elevator or the people in the elevator? Because it seemed like those people like waiting at the bottom for the elevator just got, you know, Terry tated and just tackled with whatever fucking G-force that that came out from that. I mean, I would assume that that's pretty, pretty just a bad, bad everything. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, they had to do a lot of work to turn off all the safety in an elevator because it's there's there's a lot of it there. And I'm surprised well, that that high expense of a building didn't have more safety. Like all when you have the heart, the heart can just override everything. So oh I yeah, don't no, see the, where heart, the problem is the heart that looks like the mutagen from the Ninja Turtles movies. Don't get me started on the heart yet, unless that's where you want to go. I, I'm actually no. Let's go into it because I want to hear your version of the plot of this movie. So we talked about the characters, but I am very curious because I'll be honest, I was very confused by the plot. So I would okay. Love to hear okay, your here version. you go. Here you go. Um, we open with a Bond-esque um, secret mission where Gal Gadot goes all Rachel Lay Cook. And in the end of this initial secret mission, we figure out that she's all that. She's not just the person in the van. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he then did we it, ladies proceed, and gentlemen. He did it. And, and then we proceed to... Um, figure out that there's a spy networking uh, a spy networking using chat gpt so she works for spy gpt basically and they are the money ball of spy agencies that use statistics and analytics to decide where and how they spy hard and um <laughs> somebody's really mad at them and they steal their special radio tube full of information and uh Gabado has to go get it back in many different 
um, Mission Impossible inspired action sequences to uh, retrieve the uh, the 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 goo, uh, including squirrel suits and motorcycles and um, some guy's truck, with wonderful plot lines from many Bond movies, from Terminal Velocity, and um, you know just just great classic villain tropes where Gal Gadot should have died many times, but villains got a villain and they love their monologues. And in the end, a monologue keeps the world alive. I, I love your, I love, <laughs> I love your version of the plot with just so many call outs to, to different movies and just uh, obscure references to movies like spy hard. But, um, I love it. I love it. But I will go on record. So at the beginning of this episode, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's just give it up for the Resident Jedi. So uh, with that, at the beginning of this episode, I definitely had made it a point to pronounce Gal Gadot's name. And you just proceeded to just like, fuck what you heard. Gal Gadot is is how I'm pronouncing this bitch all all throughout the episode. So I mean, if she can't keep one uh one accent through the whole movie i can i can take liberties with how i pronounce things <laughs> it's like it oh, comes man. and it goes maybe that's why she doesn't get like bigger roles i personally think she'd be great in anything i maybe she needs a dialect coach maybe she just doesn't give a fuck and says you know what uh so i'm israeli i don't care and you know I what i kind of dig that i kind of dig that she shows up and just fucking hits it. She was like, I'm getting in the she's... goddamn squirrel suit, bro. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention about the plot was the um, the rocketeer scene. Where they go to the blimp and they have to get in and uh, then they fall off the. Oh, it was straight out of the rocketeer. I'm Sorry, surprised it's... Disney hasn't sued him. It's been since, you know. 40 years since I've seen that movie. So I, mm. I couldn't tell you where. <laughs> maybe not for I mean, 30 years. Timothy Dalton was the villain in the Rocketeer. So the bond tie in is strong. It almost was a spy movie. So there you go. But I'm, I'm actually a little bit confused with this plot as I'm watching the movie. So um, I will no secret. I did fall asleep during this movie. Um, not because it was boring, just because when you're in bed watching movies, sometimes that's just what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, I did end up re-watching it to make sure I didn't miss anything, but I was up for a good portion of it. Uh, I fell asleep right after the action sequence, and so I missed that cool little opening credit scene. That's how you know you're 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 gearing towards a franchise when you have that type of opening credit scene. <laughs> but um, so the twists and turns in it, like I I mean I'm liking the movie. Uh, even though I, I nodded off just for a little bit, but I, I'm liking it. Some of the twists and turns were kind of obvious. Uh, did did you feel like it was pretty telegraphed? And, and you're like, yeah, I've seen this before, so I, I know what's so, going to happen. Scene to scene, yes, but they did a couple of good like left turns. You know, the reveal that I gave him the cyanide. I gave him that cyanide. He didn't just take it. I was surprised. Or you know her being the the super spy and the turnabout on the um on the the university of Reykjavik. like i didn't see that part coming so there were a couple okay. like oh okay but then they got right back into it you know so yes and no okay 
so the charter, right? The organization that she's a part of. Isn't that just the IMF for Mission Impossible? What a dumb name. The charter. Where does the playing cards come into the charter? It doesn't, it 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 there's no correlation, but everybody's got their special special playing card. Like it makes no sense. Sure, do they just been called the house? Because in the end, Mark, yo, the house always wins. Yo, that you just made this movie better <laughs> simply by renaming the charter. Maybe for the sequel. Mm. Yeah, I'll get now that. Now they're, no, now they're just going to call it, um, you know, Rolling Stones. Because they always the, uh... just roll downhill. That's the theme <laughs> of the movie. Wasn't the heart that so I've got the those are my big I, there's obviously a lot of different things and and because movies have no originality now I mean there's always going to be some similarities between everything but the heart sure as shit is the god's eye in Furious 7. So I, I think that's the same type of thing where you can take over technology you can use different cameras throughout all over the world to your um it was also check it out. It was also just the internet in one of the Bond movies, the one with Javier Bardem, where he just used the internet against everybody. It yeah. was the same thing in um, uh, Live Free and Die Hard, uh, except they didn't need a radio tube computer to do it; they just used a regular computer, right? But you know, is the same is the same server bay in, in Live Free and Die Hard. It was the um, it was the golden eye weapon in golden eye, except that was just for one weapon, but it's also was kind of a satellite. So it's, 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 yeah. The fact that it was in a helium filled dirigible. Um, what? What? I mean, you have to be creative with this stuff, right? Cause it can't just be the same thing as every other movie. <laughs> no, no. Can't be the same. Never. Never. The the <laughs> one thing I will say about this movie is normally in spy movies, people don't call out their trauma and try and resolve it. They just bury it down and murder people. But Gal Gadot was, or Gadot, or however you would like to say it, Gal did a great job of just talking with people and helping them work through their issues as opposed to just it was the least toxically masculine spy film ever. <laughs> I don't know, man. Jamie Dornan's character Parker was pretty toxic. You don't, you don't. And think? then he got shot in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. I mean, I'm having fun talking about the movie. I, I don't think we're necessarily talking shit about it, but it, it's let's call it what it is, right? Like it's it's this is. We have to be along for the ride for this to be fun, right? So, um, go ahead. I think that though we we give it a little bit of shit for for having consistent tropes with other movies in the genre. I think you also have to talk about execution in the in the genre, because how often do we get spy genre films anymore? Like that aren't meant to be comedies. I don't think this was meant to be a comedy. This was an action film. And I think it it was just as good as some of the early Mission Impossible movies. And it didn't have to be a continuation. 
right? It was it's it's its own thing. And I dug that about it. But they, I mean, they're definitely looking to make this into like a Mission Impossible-esque franchise. You've got the the t- new team at the end of it. And Netflix you know, has it's... done a good job at, at getting things together and then doing sequels of them, right? Did you watch the um the the movies with Henry Cavill and the chick from um Enola Holmes? I yeah. did not. Because you know yeah. why? I hate period pieces. So Something it, about those movies, man. Just to, to... well, it was more of like a Sherlock Holmes movie. It was pretty good. It really? was honestly pretty good. My wife wanted to watch the first one, and when I found out there was a, I was like, I would watch another one of these after seeing the first one, and I did. And the is second he one wasn't in the second good, one. But... Is he? Is he in the second one, Henry? Henry? I, I mean, he. You know, Henry will go back for anything. He wasn't like a main player, and he wasn't a main player in the first one. Oh, but yeah. he was in it, and I knew that by saying his name, you would recall that he was in it. Because that's how you that's how you do. Okay. But I, I, I like that Netflix is trying to universe build. They've got to do something to build up their own, you know, uh what's what's the word? To to build up their internal franchises, you know, because Disney has bought basically every other franchise IP known to man. So they gotta start they, creating their own. And I'm I'm all about that. And we've talked about this. It's hard to make something new and it be fresh. While this wasn't like, ooh, this I've never seen this before. I think it executed well well better than like like a blue beetle on tropes that it utilized. I think Netflix what they they've found their their little sweet spot and I think it is more so in the action genre as opposed to anything else. So if if they decide to go along with this and explore sequels, you've got Gal Gadot as a, as a main player. You've got Chris Hemsworth with the Extraction franchise, and that's just wide open for some spinoffs and some other movies. You've got uh, Gosling as the Gray Man um, with potential for sequels for that. I believe they're in the works for that uh and then something else that they haven't revisited yet but was really good was the old guard with charlie's theron uh those are like four four big ones right there that they want to do sequels to and it's either in production or they've talked about it or, or whatever um with the exception of anola holmes i can't think of another series uh non-action based that is you know netflix's part of building the stable they've Can been think putting of a lot into untold i don't even know, I don't know if you've watched their their untold docu- went unwashed by me that's for sure well they're no they're documentaries uh oh. netflix does a great job with documentaries and comedy series no i'm just um, talking about movies though movies yeah i, like I know i know i know um but I, I i think they are finding their groove in action and in you know, like some of the mystery type stuff as well, but they've got some good comedies too. They had that Adam Sandler contract as well. They're trying their hand at everything, but I think most, you know, large scale movies that make money in Hollywood are are, are either action movies or um, franchises. Like there's very few just, hey, this is out there in an original idea and it makes a shit ton of money. But yeah. I will ask you this. You watched this at home. 
personally, after the first action, action sequence, I was like, man, like, I don't have a bad setup by any means, you know, like I've got a fairly good sound and, 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 uh, and, you know, a big TV, but I was like, this would be good in the theater. Like just the special effects and the CGI. I was like, this would be a solid movie theater movie. And I don't think I've ever said that about a Netflix movie. Really? Maybe it's because I've just seen Mission Impossible in the theater and and Blue Beetle and and a lot of more action-y type movies. But, you know, I don't go in a lot for the Netflix movies. Like, I'm not like a a huge... The the Hemsworth movies I haven't dug into. Um, Oh, so you haven't seen it yet? No, no. That is a movie that, like, if you thought this was, like, oh, this would be really good in the theater. If you see Extraction, the first one Mm -hmm. especially... Um, actually, the second one has like some pretty crazy action sequences too. But the first one, um, you will think like, "Holy shit! Why wasn't this in theaters? Like, they should have just put this out in theaters. This is crazy." Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you should check it out. Maybe we should I'm even wondering, review it. I'm really wondering why they don't add that to their distribution model. I think because for Netflix, it's synonymous with being home. It's Netflix. They're and... doing it for the new Scorsese movie. Are they really? Murder There's a couple. The... Oh, I don't even know what that one. The moon one, uh, the one with DiCaprio. Of course, it's with DiCaprio. I mean, who else would it be with? Like, yeah, that's but, <laughs> but so the new, the new Oscar rules say, and this is an Oscar-based, uh, Oscar-worthy movie, um, but they say that it has to have a theatrical run. Oh, really? Okay, so. Maybe that'll push Netflix a little bit more for the movies that they really want to do, but they don't do a lot of, I don't think they do a lot of Oscar level movies, right? They'll bid on they, bringing something over, but. The last two Oscar or not Oscar last two theater releases. I know that they had was army of the dead and glass onion. I don't remember any other ones. Glass onion went to theaters. Yeah. Huh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Did it come out? And on that, but so many. Yeah. yeah, it was right at the same time. It, oh. it didn't make any sense, though. It was like, why would I go to the theater to watch this if I could just watch it on Netflix at home? Um, same thing for Army of the Dead. I, I didn't quite understand that, but I think it was something in the contracts to where I don't know if Netflix did that movie or if they just bought the rights to that movie. I can't recall, and I, I don't really want to go into the, the details if that was the case or not, but... Um, yeah, but I mean, bar none, this this action was pretty solid. I enjoyed the my favorite action scene in this, and I'm not like a big car chase type of guy. Uh, was the car chase uh, right as uh, right before Yang and uh, Blakely get killed? Uh, that was I think that's the guy's name, Blakely. But the van chase. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like that, that was something where it's like, okay, she's asserting her her dominance right here showing you know like hey i i can handle my own don't worry about it and even uh the guy was like oh yeah yeah, okay you got it no problem like that was a fun car chase scene and there were some spots where it's like how the fuck are they gonna get out of this and yeah sure enough they were able to so uh before they got shot in the head but yeah yeah i'm i i watched it thinking if she e-brake slid that van it's gonna flip. I'm okay with that stuff. I'm okay with you know putting reality aside because you want to have a fun car chase. 
just like in Mission Impossible, do you really think that little tiny smart car Fiat or whatever the hell it was, do you really think that's going to even have a chance against anything, even if it had an electric engine and had the acceleration of a freaking fighter jet? Mm -hmm. At least it wouldn't flip over. Um, I thought the, uh, you know, I, I, I was, when I watched the, um, the motorcycle scene where they're again, where they're driving long distances. Um, and before she gets to the truck, I'm like, Oh, they're going to have a fight on the motorcycles or something. And then she just fucking throws the damn motorcycle at him. I was like, okay. I liked this because it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. impossible. But again, uh, that's where I suspended reality. Um, At least they didn't just try and go like, we don't need a third one, dude. We're okay. (laughs) And it was, it was okay. But that, that blonde guy completely useless, completely useless throughout the movie, except to chase Galgado a little bit and then get, get a fucking motorcycle dropped on his head. Didn't do a whole lot of stuff, but you he know, had like good if hands. he's number two, if he's number two, at least do some number two stuff. I didn't see any number two stuff happening. Should have had an eye patch like number two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who does number two work for? Uh, I saved this for last just because of my love hate relationship with music and movies. Um, number one. Did you like the score of the movie? So the music for me didn't, even though there's some Fleetwood Mac and stuff. The not, only not, the, songs, not the popular music yet. I'm just talking about the score. Well, the, the score was good. It was in the tone of action movies. It was fine. Okay. All right. You know? But when it, you, you, you sent me a list of all of the popular music that was in it. And there's, there's people I've never heard of on this list. Sure. Um, so okay boomer me um i didn't even <laughs> catch some of the fleetwood mac um i love the lizzo song i was like okay they're trying to be real people they're having a good time they're having they're a dancing. good time blame it on the juice blame baby. it on the juice man blame, blame it on, on the juice. juice and then you I, die. I like that song it's it's a fun song in my head <laughs> i'm thinking man lizzo really made some bad decisions lately or else it would be really cool for her it did if Lizzo I, in court blame it on the juice. I don't even know. If I don't I even know. Didn't like that uh that Lizzo song. I'm not saying I like Lizzo, because I know there's some flack about Lizzo. Whoa, 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 and her hey, people hey. right now. We're gonna lose all of our listeners if you start ba- bashing Lizzo. Uh well, I'm sure some of the listeners are probably like, wait, Lizzo's talking shit about what to her people? Like that's that's kind of weird stuff. Yeah, no. But the listeners are um, gonna hair toss and check their nails and put on a different podcast if you don't show up. No, show I'm up. sure they'll be just fine. They'll be just fine listening to whatever we say about her. But um well, I like that song. If I didn't like that song or if I didn't like Fleetwood Mac, um uh, I and Foreigner, right? You know. I don't know if I would have had the same thought towards the music, but because I like those songs specifically, yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is fun. This is a the, fun movie. The foreigner scene was so low key funny to me. Just it like out of nowhere. Just, right. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious because the guys just, you know, in Iceland, apparently it's boring and you listen to foreigner because you're a foreigner. 
And then like the, the motorcycle thing doesn't really stop. Like I hit a motorcycle, but I didn't stop. It's okay. Um, but then <laughs> climbs in the guard. He's like, I can wait. Hi, you're really pretty. I'm just like, oh, he wants to know what love is. And he wants you yeah. to show him. And you're like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> just like a good time with some of the music. And uh, that just one Fleetwood Mac girls, Hi, I need your truck. Okay. <laughs> you had me at hello. It, it's playing off the fact that, you know, that you can be a woman and kick ass and still do the womanly things to take advantage of situations. Right. So sure. it's, it's a, it's tongue in cheek, but at the same time, like I've got the tools, so I'm going to use them. So I thought it was, let's just go. I, I really did like it. Like I'm not, I think that that, that it, while it does, and maybe I've just seen, maybe I'm getting to the point where I've seen <laughs> too many movies and I it's just like, fine. I give them. up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> Maybe I need to start reading books. Like I don't know. And then I'll just be like, oh, this book copy this movie because that actually happens. Um, but you know, it, all in all, I think it blended the action, some good plot, a few twists, and some funny scenes. You know, pretty well together. And the one thing where it it didn't like, I was expecting it to at the end right after she drops the guy off with the truck after she gets in uh um you know after they the the bad guy finds the girl that's hiding i thought they were gonna go full commando like i saw the coolant pipe and i'm like oh is she gonna say cool off bennett like <laughs> come on do it do the commando line come on you were a commando you have to love that and um no, instead of her having a knife fight and shoving the guy into the frozen pipe, she got sliced up like a mother and ended up having to panically shoot the guy in the balls or at least the hip. I don't know, but she just shot behind herself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually like thought this movie stuck the landing enough. I don't know. What do you think? We're at that ending point. How did it come together for you? I think that, you know, it's it's a good mix of different different genres, but still keeping it within the action genre, right? So you have a little bit of girl power. You have a little bit of comedy. You have a little bit of espionage and intrigue. Uh, you have some eye candy for both uh, both sexes or both, you know, like you've got Jamie Dornan, Gal Gadot. It's uh, you got two beautiful people. Right. And uh, if you're into Glenn Close, if you're a, if you're an older listener and a viewer of the movie, you got Glenn Close, you know, like whatever. 1980s are still a thing. Hey, her but, her her, uh, her her uh, suit coat was from the 80s. That's for sure. Yeah. Or if you're into uh, Father of the Bride, you got B.D. Wong in there as well. But You've got like a lot of different things in this movie and it's a fun time. But before I give you a definitive answer, I need to ask you a question, Mark. Heart of Stone. Can you do this movie all day? 
I feel like our rating is subjective to are you it, it almost comes down to are you gonna watch this again? And my answer is probably not. <laughs> I liked it. Maybe years from now I'll scroll and be like, oh, that wasn't terrible. I'll watch it. But like if given the choice between watching this and watching the first Mission Impossible movie or watching any Harrison Ford action movie or any Marvel movie, I wouldn't pick this. So though I enjoyed it and it was a pleasurable cinematic or actually home viewing experience, digital experience, I cannot do this movie all day. Probably because I'm old and cranky. <laughs> you being the younger of the two of us and the more um, understanding and, and sympathetic towards towards film. I'm saying that in jest. Um, can you do this movie all day, Dan? First off, aren't I older than you? I don't think so. Are you 40 yet? Yeah. What are you, what are you, all right, on the count of three, what year were you born? One, two, three. 1983. See, I'm older, so there. Mm. Um, I just happen to age more gracefully than you, that's all. Um, mm. But no, uh, I just wanted that to be known. But there's, I just I, used I the fuzzy camera to, 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 to shore up the wrinkles. <laughs> um, so this is kind of a, a different scenario. So like the last episode we did, I was like, this is the toughest <laughs> toughest decision I've had to make. This one is probably even tougher because there is Gal Gadot, who I absolutely adore. And I, I just enjoy as a supporting actor, not as a lead. Um, I just like her in anything that I'm I'm not saying that she's a bad actor. I'm just saying that she's not I don't know if she's a, a bona fide star in terms of like you know, like you can only go by with how many she's been, how many movies she's been leading. It crushed it as Wonder Woman, right? I love her as Wonder Woman. I'm fine if I see 500 movies with her as Wonder Woman. I'm cool with that. Um, I just don't know if it's my bias that I like her. But would I watch this again? I have watched it again because I kind of fell asleep. So that that's kind of like a trade-off, right? It's like, okay, that, that negates everything. Did I fall asleep because it wasn't interesting enough? Or did I fall asleep because it was boring? Um, I wouldn't say the movie's boring. I thought it, it had really good action, which I love. You know, if, if even if there was like a rom-com, if there's like some kind of spoofy action scene in there, I'll probably like it more because of the action. But the plot was kind of muddy, right? Because we've kind of seen it before and you're along for the ride. I said it a little bit earlier. You have to be along for the ride to have fun with this movie. But the music, right? The pop music that's in there, typically I get really irritated if it's just like a music video and there's no relevance from the song or the beat in the song to what's actually going on. As much as I like that Lizzo song and as much as I like uh, the Fleetwood Mac song everywhere, they really had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what was going on in the movie. Maybe Juice, uh, just because it was a scene of them trying to let loose and everything, but 
I don't know, man. This this to me is like by definition what I do not like in a movie. But I enjoy those songs, so I'm having a good time. So I think it's my my personal bias that I'm really enjoying the movie. Uh, do I hope they make another one? Sure. Like I said, I'll watch anything that she's in. I like uh, Matias in there as well. So he's uh, the Jack of Hearts. I, I like him as an actor in every role that he's been in. I enjoy. So I will say that even though this is not my typical, uh, by definition, rating, I will say I can do this all day. Just because wow. it's fun. It's just a fun movie, right? And isn't that what you want to do? Doesn't Cheryl Crow just want to have fun, right? I'm, Girls just want to have fun, too. Normally, you Cindy don't Lauper, fall asleep during Cheryl the movies Crow. that you can do all day, so I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm shocked. But, I mean, there there have been some other ones. Like I said, I don't blame it on the movie being boring. I blame it on having a nice, hefty, healthy serving of Italian food. I so, thought it was chicken wings. No, no, that was another movie. Oh, mm. this one was pasta. It was uh, watch out. We we can't watch movies on Thanksgiving because that tryptophan is gonna just get you. No, nah, I have no problem with turkey and all that stuff. It's the uh, it's pasta. It's the carbs, man. That's what it is. I love carbs. <laughs> well, um, I hope you had fun with this episode, Mark. As as I had fun talking about this movie and just the hypocrisy was strong in my review right now. But, I mean, that's kind of, uh, that's what the people come for, is all the hypocrisy yes. that's ever present. Absolutely. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, to a few people who have uh, chimed in on some of our posts on TikTok. So I want to just say thank you very much, Henry, for just chiming in uh, about the whole Secret Invasion episode. Um, also, Roberto Sarmiento uh chimed in on the who is the lamest avenger uh question thrown out there on tiktok so thank you for for chiming in he said hawkeye no love for the archer but congrats to those people uh you participate and chime in on the socials we will give you a shout out on the episode i may even do some shout outs on the socials as special videos to you all so um but that's it for right now uh I'm Dan, the part-time adventure. That's Mark the Resident Jedi. Like, subscribe. More shout-outs come with more interaction. What's your our next movie be? Things are slowing down. We need some uh, retro rewind recommendations or some watch-alongs. Love something that maybe listeners can come up with that Dan and I haven't seen yet. Halloween is right around the corner, so we can con Mark into watching a horror movie, which, by the way, my children, my nine-year-old and five-year-old we're making fun of you that you don't like scary movies. Mm. So when you get called out by a nine-year-old, you kind of have to kind of have to put up the dukes, right? Do I? Show, show that kid who's boss. I don't think you can punch nine-year-olds. Establish and dominate and watch a scary movie. I mean, just tell him <laughs> I'll sit on him. He'll be afraid. <laughs> the kids want the the kids want to hear it. The listeners, I'm sure, would love if you reviewed a horror movie, but I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know, the, the seasons are changing. School's back in session. Uh, we've got some other things on the docket, a lot of fun episodes. But until next time, we will see you all later. <laughs>